over and over again, fans, analysts, media alike are talking about the Gophers 2023 schedule and how it will be very difficult. But will it? We talk about that today. You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Now, again, Wednesday has been catching me off guards with how busy it has been lately these days for you, boy, but... We're back at it again here Thursday. I'll make sure to get us a double show. Probably might throw it in on a Saturday. It looked like we had some good results on that Saturday show. Talking about John Michael Schmitz last week. So maybe we'll have to throw one in again prior to the Super Bowl this weekend on Sunday. But as always, be sure to follow wherever you get your podcasts at Lockdown Golden Gophers. Find us on Spotify. Find us on Stitcher, find us on Apple Pods, you name it. Be sure to leave a five-star review while you're there because I appreciate it and it helps others find the show. But most importantly, head on over to YouTube, hit subscribe and join the community that we are building up. Look, fans, I'm with you. I'm a fan at heart. Like I love being able to go to pressers. I love being able to talk gophers, but First and foremost, I am a fan, and some reason some people like to throw out, oh, well, everything you say is then Homer. Nah, I'm going to be realistic with you. I'm going to be straight up. I'm going to give criticism where it's due, and I'm going to give honest outlooks when we got to look outside of the immediate success, the immediate what is happening with the team. Got to look at the whole picture, folks, because college sports is all about building the program and the surroundings around to maintain success. But You know that, I know that, and today we're talking about the success for next year in 2023 with the football team, and we're talking about that dastardly schedule, that one that everybody absolutely is talking about, and so... Everybody is out there saying, you know what, The like early towards the end of the season, people were like, the Gophers will be lucky if we can win six games and even get bowl eligible. Now there's fans that are maybe more bought into the fact that, okay, no, we can we can still have a pretty good year, but it's still really hard. It's still really tough. There's losses on the schedule. You could be right. I'm not expecting the Gophers to go undefeated in 2023, but I think that we might be overdoing this, this fear of the schedule. And so I think we just need to take a look at it. We need to talk about it as a whole today. So we're going to go game by game and talk about some things. And we're going to go... Uh, Just jump into this thing. So the first game that we are playing in this season, now the schedule itself, we've got non-conference opponents in Eastern Michigan, North Carolina, and Louisiana Lafayette. All of those are better non-conference games than the Gophers have played in the last few years. Now, again, these non-conference games are scheduled out in advance. So even though we had Colorado on the schedule, we just happened to get them when they were down and out. Prior to that, they were decent. They had times where LaVisca Chanel was out there balling out and putting them on the map of sorts. Then we had the years where they were just one of the worst teams in the entire FBS, and the Gophers happened to catch them at that time, but they didn't book them on the schedule because they weren't good. 
They tried to get quality opponents on the schedule. It's just how college played out. And now Colorado is getting amped out of this world with coach Deion Sanders heading over that way. So it's really just how the cookie crumbles and how the cards play out, but you play the schedule that is at hand. Now this year's schedule, look folks, it's tough. It's tough, but it's not anything to be freaking out about. Not anything to be like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if the Gophers can do this because you know what? Yes, Eastern Michigan has a more quality team, but it's not a game that I expect the Gophers to be losing by any means. And it's at Huntington Bank, so you've got the home field advantage. It means show up, be loud, and be proud. Also, Louisiana Lafayette, they've had some years of success. They've had some years of good, consistent winning. But again, it's not a game that the Gophers should be in fear of or really have any risk of dropping at home in Huntington Bank Stadium. The game that everybody is so focused around in this non-conference schedule is North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And yes, this is a quality opponent. They're, they're the ACC team that won the Coastal Division last year. And so people are like, mm, that North Carolina team, like that could be a loss for the Gophers. A lot of people... I've seen chalking it up as a loss for the Gophers early on from the jump. Slow your roll. North Carolina is a good team, but they went nine and five last year, just like the Gophers did. Yes, they ended up winning the Coastal Conference and they came out of the gates strong through November 12th. They only had one loss and that loss came to Notre Dame. But after that, they rattled off four losses in a row to close the season with Georgia Tech, North Carolina State, Clemson and Oregon. So rattling off four losses back to back to back to back to close your season is nothing to be, oh, this team, they're a powerhouse. They're out of this world. We might not have a chance. No, we have a chance. We have a chance, especially if this defense shows up like they have for the past two and a half, three years. So that defense plays in our favor when we're playing a team like North Carolina. Now you're talking about Drake may you're talking about a guy who's going to head into this 2023 season as a Heisman candidate, plain and simple. You will see his name as a probably top five Heisman candidate to start out the year. And rightfully so he had multiple games with over 300 passing yards last year. He had a 352 against Appalachian state, 363 against Virginia tech, 380 against Duke, 388 against Pittsburgh, 448 against Wake Forest. The man slings the ball around there like it is his day job. Well, I guess it is, but he is very talented, very good, but people aren't taking into account that his number one receiver, and I believe his number two receiver, are both leaving. One is out of eligibility. The other is headed to the NBA, and NBA, NFL. Josh Downs, highly talented, been the most productive receiver on that team for multiple years now. He'll probably be a day two pick in the NFL draft going in the second or third round. He is an absolute menace. He absolutely puts the team on his back at times, and he is an option that Drake May knows he can hit at any given point in the game. He creates separation. He has good footwork, and he has speed. Now, he doesn't have that bolstering size as a receiver, but he is a very talented and NFL-capable wide receiver. That is a huge departure. On top of that, you've got Green, who also was a senior. Now they have Andre Green coming in, who was a true freshman last year. Red shirt, basically. I don't think he got very much time. He has the talent to be a good guy for North Carolina, but there are a lot of question marks in that wide receiver's room. So let's slow the panic. 
we'll really find out if Drake May is that guy when he doesn't have his top receiving options coming back with him next year. Now, I still think he'll find success, but let's take a look at those losses. Again, Georgia Tech, North Carolina State, Clemson, and Oregon. And Notre Dame, those are the five losses. Four out of those five losses came against quality defenses with with quality players that showed up each and every week and were consistent on the defensive end. Every other game that they played, they got into high-scoring bouts where they just outscored folks. I mean, they beat Duke 38-35. to It was just a high-scoring game. Duke didn't have a crazy defense last year. Virginia, they beat 31 to 28. Wake Forest, they beat 36 to 20 or 36 to 34. You hear all of these, they're high scoring games. They're against teams that are just also just throwing the ball around all over the field. But what you're not hearing is how close these games are. They are single score games. 36 34 to Wake Forest, 31 28 to Virginia, 38 35 to Duke, 27 24 to Miami. 35-28 to Georgia State. A one-score game to Georgia State, folks. Appalachian State, 63-61. to Like, they only really had two wins that were more than a single touchdown game. This North Carolina team is being overstated just because people love the quarterback. So stop panicking because it is a winnable game for the Gophers even on the road. It all comes down to if that Gophers team shows up. If they play to their ability, if they play with their quarterback, which is going to be a key thing we're looking for this offseason and this fall camp, how much they incorporate the passing game, how much balance they find. But if that defense shows up like it does for the past two and a half, three years, and the offense just plays its game, no turnovers, plays well, I think that's a game the Gophers can walk out with a win. I'm not afraid of a North Carolina team. Before we keep going and diving deep on this schedule, I want to talk to you about our friends at FanDuel who bring you this show. We're really excited about the opportunity to partner with our new sports betting partner for Locked On in FanDuel because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features to make sports betting fun and easy. And right now you can download today and use a no sweat first bet for your very first try with FanDuel. You get up to $3,000 in back and bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's right. You heard me right. You can bet and you can win and you can be happy. Or you can use this Nets no sweat first bet and also bet, have fun. And even if you lose, you can win something and still be happy. So definitely check out FanDuel. It's easy, it's safe, it's secure, and you can find it at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet. Again, that's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Now let's look at the rest of the schedule. So Nebraska, you kick off the entire season with. We skipped into the non-con right away, but Nebraska... Look, Nebraska's got a new coach. They've got some new talent coming in. They've got a good recruiting class coming in. They've got some transfers coming in. They have a lot of talent on the team. They have a lot of speed on the team, but it's going to be tough to come into Minnesota at Huntington Bank in game number one with a new coach, with a new system, all trying to win 
against a team that has a good to great defense. So I'm not overly concerned. If we played Nebraska later in the season, I might have more worry, but it's going to be tough for the entire team to come together, rally together, understand and communicate the way they need to, to get dubs. Now that's going to be an important game right from the jump. And I don't think Nebraska is going to be where they need to be to walk away with a win there. So you got Nebraska, Eastern Michigan, North Carolina, all winnable, all games that I think the Gophers should mess around and win. Then you go to Northwestern. Do we need to waste time on that one? You've already heard me talk about, I think, Coach Pat Fitzgerald. Love the guy. Good charismatic guy. Good team leader. I think he's overrated. And the last two years have shown that coming out of the COVID year where they had this amazing, oh, we won the division. Woo. Okay. Well, you also went to a three win and then a one win team and you lost a lot of NFL guys who are doing decent in the NFL. So why are you losing so many games? Northwestern, I'm not worried about. So the Gophers realistically can come out of this thing 4-0, 5-0 if they beat Louisiana Lafayette. So if they can mess around and beat North Carolina, they can walk out of this thing 5-0 out of the gates. That's when things start to get tough. You go and you play Michigan. Now you play them at home, which you love to see, but Michigan is tough. Now Michigan isn't impossible to beat. But you have to play the cleanest football, you have to control the clock, and you have to play rock-solid defense because Michigan puts up numbers and they can do it on the ground. They showed that with Quorum, who's going to be back. They showed it with Edwards once Quorum went down, who is also going to be back. And then you've got J.J. McCarthy, who showed he can run and be a weapon on the ground as well. But what he showed towards that back half of the year where they really trusted him and let him sling the ball, and especially what he showed in that college football playoff, is that he can do the thing when it comes to slinging the rock. So J.J. McCarthy is going to have a lot more opportunities to pass the ball next season because his team has more trust in him. He had an entire year as a starter. And as it got down to the clutch time, as it got down to when it mattered, he showed up in that game when Michigan was making self-inflicted wounds, making silly mistakes, silly play calling and silly situations. And yet J.J. McCarthy showed the will each and every way and fought to a one score game with a TCU team when they were losing by multiple scores, trying to get to that national championship. Now, I think. It's going to be very difficult. I don't think the Gophers come out with a win in this one. It's not impossible, but it's going to be very difficult. So yes, maybe you chalk up an L there. Starting five and one on that season is not bad, but the game that really is the key, the key moment in this season next year in 2023 is the game after that, because you know what? You have those expectations. You have those thought process of those first five, six games. You think maybe the Gophers go four and two, five and one, depending on that North Carolina game but the other games you really should clean up. And then the Michigan game, maybe you mark an L. So you're talking four and two or five and one. But the next game is the Iowa game on the road at Iowa City. And PJ Fleck, we need to get a win versus Iowa. Says every Gophers fan, including myself, it's got to happen. We've been close. Close isn't good enough anymore. We got to get the dub. Now I will say, uh, Coach Warmoth, who also started out very poorly against Iowa, ended up finishing like, I'm going to say the wrong numbers here, but I believe he started one and five, one and six against Iowa and ended up finishing like 10 and seven against Iowa. So he rattled off a bunch of wins and got back to that positive record. Hopefully we can see the same with coach Fleck, but now's the time we got to do it this year in 2023. I don't care that Cade McNamara is there. They still have Ryan Ferentz. So that's a weakness and a handicap in itself. 
We got to beat Iowa. We all hate Iowa, and we got to beat Iowa. Not only that, but if you walk out of Iowa with a win and you're sitting at four and two or five and one, you move on to six and one or uh, five and two. That's a huge, huge staple because you know you can beat Michigan State. You've proven that. And I think Michigan State got weaker from last year where they struggled and didn't become bowl eligible to this year. I do. I truly do. They lost Reed. They lost some other NFL talented guys. Jarek Broussard, I believe, has gone off of the team. Jalen Berger will be the running back again. Peyton Thorne's back. But we showed that we can handle Peyton Thorne last year. So I truly believe Michigan State is an easily winnable game. And it's at Huntington Bank Stadium. Then you got Illinois at home at Huntington Bank Stadium again. Illinois, again, I think is going to feel massive impact from their departures this year. From Sidney Brown, from Chase Brown, from Tommy DeVito, from uh, Witherspoon, the cornerback who is probably going to go in the first round this year. And on top of that, your defensive coordinator who made that defense so much trouble. Who made that defense cause chaos and really help that team take a huge step last year. You lost the guy at the helm, plus all of those key leaders, leaders in leadership positions, but also in quality production. Illinois is going to have a tough year next year. So Michigan state, Illinois, Purdue with a new coach and uh, who knows what's happening within their actual roster itself. I could be underrating them next year, but I think with a new coach, with a new system, with a new look, with new quarterbacks, It's going to be tough for Purdue. So you can rattle off one, two, three, three wins right out of the gates after that Iowa game. And then you look to the final two of the games of the season, which again will be pivotal games for the Gophers as they always are. But this year it's Ohio State and Wisconsin. It's simple as that. Even barring the Ohio State game, barring the Wisconsin game, barring the Michigan game, Those are three games that are question marks throughout there. Every game outside of that is absolutely winnable. The Wisconsin game is winnable. So you're talking about two games on the schedule that maybe you don't have a very good shot at. And if you're asking these players, if you're asking these coaches, they're going to take a shot at Michigan or Ohio State. They believe in it. They know week by week who they're looking for, and they don't believe they're heading into that week for a loss. And why wouldn't they have some belief in themselves in those games? You're talking about a Michigan team that is losing nine players who are going to be at the combine. So nine key players that have enough interest to be at the NFL combine, their kicker, who was one of the best in the nation last year, Rodney Bell, who was their number one receiving option, uh, Luke Schoonmaker, who is a quality tight end for them. Eric all transferred, who was another quality tight end for them. They lost two starting offensive linemen, and then they lost three key contributors on that defensive end, all early declare guys. You got Miles Turner or DJ Turner at the cornerback position, Mike Morris at the edge, and then Maisie Smith in the D line. So they're losing a ton of key players. And then you flip over and you look at Ohio State, they're also losing key guys. Now they have their wide receivers all back. Their wide receivers are probably the best trio in the nation collectively, so tough. It's tough. Our defense is going to get a real challenge against that team. But Ohio State also just lost a two-time Heisman finalist at quarterback. Kyle McCord will be coming in probably as the starter. Maybe Devin Brown. We'll see what happens. They always seem to find a way. But when it comes to what is happening with that team in Ohio State, there are a lot of changes. There are a lot of key players leaving. So maybe you can catch them on a down week. Maybe you can catch them slumping. Maybe you can catch 
mistakes that aren't typically Ohio State mistakes. So a lot can be said in that year. Anything can happen. It's why they play the games. So as the outside perspective, the only games that maybe you don't have a shot in are Michigan and Ohio State. Every game outside of that is absolutely winnable. You catch Wisconsin at home. You love playing Wisconsin at home. And it might be more difficult at Camp Randall, but you've shown you can go in there too. And Ethan Kalik Manis has shown on his own he can do that thing to a Wisconsin team. Now, Wisconsin, I think, is getting heavily overrated this year. I think long-term Luke Fickle is going to be great for that program, and I hate admitting that. I absolutely hate admitting that. But I do think that he is going to be great long-term. I think he's getting overrated for year one where a lot of things have to come together. You have a new coaching staff. You have a new offensive system. You have a new defensive system. You have a new leader at the helm. You have a bunch of new transfer players coming in. You have a recruiting class that wasn't rated very well, and then... You have a staple in Braylon Allen coming back, a couple of receivers that are coming back that played big roles for you. There's a lot of things that have to mesh together. Now, that being said, this game is at the end of the season, so it's possible. It's absolutely possible. But I still think it's a big ask, and I think it's a game that the Gophers should have the advantage in barring health at this point in the season. So realistically, I can see the Gophers anywhere from a two-loss team to maybe a four to five loss team. Regardless, I think this team goes bowl eligible. And I think this year really tells you how legit and how serious Coach Fleck is in the conference. If he can walk out of this thing with three losses, three losses, it's the real deal. It's time for people to stop hating and start analyzing. Now, if he walks out of this thing with less than five losses, then yes, questions will be asked. Where are we going? What is happening? How could that happen? Why aren't there big changes? Why maybe we're looking at, we didn't pass the ball again. Maybe we're just running, 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 running as is typical with a Coach Fleck team so far. Then questions need to be asked. Now, I'm not saying firing questions. All I'm saying is questions and philosophy and choices need to be asked. Maybe you need to go out and stop bringing internal people into the positions and have to look for an outside perspective at the offensive coordinator position to find someone who's going to find a way to light it up through the air and do something different. Those are questions, but that is way far down the line. As far as we're looking at right now, we're looking at next year and next year is a fully capable season for the Gophers. Now we'll do predictions when it gets closer to that time, when we know more information, when we're heading out of maybe the middle of fall camp, or maybe we'll even do it before we even hit fall camp, but we'll do predictions when it comes that time. But I truly think the Gophers could walk away next year in that two to four losses, I think is realistic. Two to four losses, depending on how the team gels, depending on how the team puts its defense together. Now, if the defense takes a step back maybe you're looking at that five maybe you're squeaking by with the six but i do think the gophers can walk away with two to five losses more so in that two to four range that's going to do it for us here at locked on golden gophers i hope you enjoyed this episode it might be a little more brief it might be a little more talking but i just think we need to calm down with the scheduling we need to take it game by game as the gophers do in their mental approach but stop being afraid of the challenge 
but look forward to the challenge because it is a time for the Gophers to put themselves on the map to give themselves more respect. And if you walk out with another nine plus win season with this schedule, it's time to give the Gophers their flowers and respect and recognize them as a player in the conference. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what game scares you the most. Let me know what game you're most excited for and be sure to subscribe.